Hello and welcome to episode two of the Cunning and Loyalty podcast, uh, where I, a Slytherin, Gabrielle, make Christian a Hufflepuff. Hello. Read through the Harry Potter series for the first time. So we are both very excited today because we are going to discuss some theories we have about Queenie Goldstein and what her role will be in the third Fantastic Beasts movie. And then we are going to talk about chapters three and four of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So we're gonna go ahead and talk about Queenie. Okay, so right. what? Because Christian, you saw both, and you haven't heard any of the theories about why Queenie did what she did. So. No, I just assumed. It was just because uh, she wanted, she didn't like the rules uh, that America imposed on wizards and witches. And, you know, she uh, fell for Grindelwald's uh, speech, essentially saying, like, you can do whatever you want on my side. It doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he very much has that, like, silver tongue quality. Mm-hmm. Like, he can speak yeah. and people just, like, kind of are captured by what he's saying yeah we kind of talked about the uh the last episode with credence or now he's known as uh, aurelius Aurelius. yeah and how you know it wouldn't be out of character for him to be lying like that but it's like yeah which is what i'm hoping is what actually happened (laughs) we don't need to rehash that we're not gonna if you guys want to hear more of our thoughts on aurelius slash credence slash i want to know who i am whatever his (laughs) name is um then check out our first episode we had talked about a lot of the theories that people had there yeah so just so you know and this is something that i'm kind of hoping would be true because it would make more sense for her actions this movie Mm -hmm. um um, a lot of people are saying that Queenie is actually playing double agent, so she's really going in um, on Grindelwald's side so that she can betray him later. What are your thoughts on hearing that for the first time? It's an interesting theory. I can see it, but at the same time, I feel like she really is really following Grindelwald and everything. Just because... I don't want to say that she has this crazy and mentally ill personality, but she really does truly love Jacob and, you know, she wants to do whatever she can to be with him. And I feel like at for her at that moment in time, following Grindelwald was the best right. uh, you know, option for her. Yeah. Yeah. I want to believe the theory that Queenie is a double agent because it would make a lot more sense with her characterization from the first movie. However, just with everything that she did in this movie, I if she was made a double agent, they'd have to do a lot of retelling. They'd have the to story. do a lot of backtracking as yeah, well. Yeah. Because her whole character like that was a big thing her whole characterization in this movie was so completely different from what we saw in the first it, fantastic it piece. really was kind of like not a complete 180 more like a more like a 90 45 90 yeah <laughs> turn. i feel like in the first movie we had a queenie who was very like self-assured she was confident mm-hmm. she was okay with being independent she wasn't like after this romance like she was a romantic I feel like she definitely, we got that vibe from her the first movie, but she wasn't someone who was like, romance was her main goal and her main goal was to get married type thing. And she was very level-headed almost. Yeah. You know, like she was very emotional and she was more um, open than I think Tina was portrayed. Right. Um, in the first movie because she was a good contrast, but she wasn't this very rash and almost one-dimensional character that we got in the second movie. So that's why for me, it's like because she was doing such controversial things to what her, I believe her character would have done, I would personally love to believe that she's playing like a long game somehow 
um, and she's using her legitimates to kind of see what Grindelwald is predicting and then mm-hmm. play off that so she can make certain futures happen. Right. I also feel like if that was true, then a lot of what they put into the second movie, like her putting Jacob under a spell and her yeah. being so focused on being married and the whole crazy thing, like I don't I don't know. I just I feel like yeah. all of those were so out of place that it would be hard to work that in if she's playing that double agent strategy. Right. You know? Yeah, and I think that's why I don't think the double agent thing is going to happen. Right. Um, just because, yeah, it, her, again, her personality, it wasn't the same as the first movie, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there was enough time progression for me to think, yeah, you know, maybe she and Jacob tried to make it work, but at the same time, they were trying to hide so much who they wanted to be that Queenie just couldn't deal with it anymore. And she, that's and, true. And what, when you have potions and abilities to kind of change reality at a whim, because that's really what magic is, you're changing reality. Mm-hmm. So she has all this power that she can't really do anything to be with the person she wants to be with. It's a little upsetting that's where her character's story is going, but also I get it. You know, I, I think it it's... It could have been done better. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a problem with the second movie. There's There were things in there that will be great, but they could have been done a little better. Right. I think that too. And part of the reason why, I mean, because part of the reason why I would love to see Queenie as a double agent is that it would be very cool just to see on screen (laughs) because Queenie is like a legilimens, right? So she is an expert and adept in going through and navigating other people's minds. Mm -hmm. So just seeing if she had that like ability to go and see what Grindelwald, what futures Grindelwald is thinking or what futures Grindelwald is planning and then like reacting based off that and dropping hints here and there so playing almost like Snape except for yeah I don't know. It would just being be like very... a proto Snape kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be so cool to see that. Um, and maybe that's where they're leading her character. Maybe she'll join Grindelwald like in the heat of the moment, like how just yeah. because of that fight that she and Jacob had. Yeah. And then later on realize this that isn't, she's in the wrong. Yeah, like this isn't getting her what she G- wanted. Give like, her this kind isn't... of a full redemption arc. Exactly. That, I think that would be more satisfying mm-hmm. um, because again, it really was sort of in the heat of the moment. Moment. it was you know like join me or die in these blue flames yeah and <laughs> you just had a huge fight with yeah. your uh fiance or whatever yeah, you know so your significant other I-, I wouldn't put it past them to kill off jacob and, and have that be her uh, her catalyst start. for you know bringing it all down mm-hmm. you know again like a proto snape yeah but with a better love story than snape because yeah snape was that's that could be a whole we could talk thing. <laughs> let us know if you guys want us to talk about the whole snape arc <laughs> that would be really fun that'd be exciting uh yeah um but yeah th- those are my thoughts on um the queenie the queenie arc yeah the, yeah. the queenie queenie side of things the queenie side of things there we go <laughs> that's a better way to say it um yeah so i guess i agree i would like her to make more sense mm-hmm. in book three or book three in film three yeah, they're practically books you know yeah we'll see we have two years to wait so <laughs> oh shoot that long <laughs> i know it's a long time <sighs> all right so um we are going to take a quick break and we will jump into chapters three and four of harry potter and the sorcerer's stone <laughs> So 
chapters three and four. These are some of my favorite chapters mm-hmm. in the first book. I want to get your impressions first because I know I haven't read them in such a long time. Right. But I want to know what your because you only read them once. I've at least read them multiple yeah. times. Like I've read this book before. I just it's been a yeah. while since. And I I've read it. read it multiple times before, but it has been a while. So what is your opinion on your second read through? All right. So with chapter three, which is called letters from no one it's in the chapter where harry's getting all these letters you know but we all know it's from dumbledore (laughs) so (laughs) spoilers or or at least hogwarts or hogwarts yeah yeah but i thought dumbledore signed it i don't know if that was like actually him signing it or if it's just like one of those like magic pen generic like you know like when you get a letter from like the president of a company it's just they basically like auto like print his signature on oh like the uh, presidential fitness exam thing that we got do you remember those in elementary school where they would have the president sign a certificate that's right (laughs) yes so i thought it was something like that like something that was like kind of auto generated yeah with like an auto magic pen yeah Yeah, just worn out right with all the letters harry had to get um oh yeah that poor pen yeah but in the book they in chapter three they did a lot more with it um by kind of just showing more of the reaction of his his family his aunt and uncle and his uh um so much so that i completely forgot they actually moved him from underneath the cupboard to dudley's second room i know i forgot <laughs> which is completely ridiculous by the way having a second room i know, I know. <laughs> dudley was such a brat yeah. um but i thought it was really interesting going back to this chapter because what they don't show you in the movies in the movies it's the house is being filled with letters and then all of a sudden they're kind of on that shack in the middle of yeah the it just like it cuts straight to the shack yeah and this in the chapter you get to see a lot of their um moving around you know they jump around from place to place a lot of more of their spiraling yeah there we go like you can see them trying to ignore the fact that this magic that uh, the Dursleys hate are is coming into their lives for yeah. Harry, and so they try and fix him, or they try and like fix his situation so that maybe the letters stop yeah, and uh, make make him want to stay. Exactly, you know, like you, you don't have to be underneath the cupboard anymore. Yeah, go take Dudley's second room. <laughs> Shut up, Dudley. I know. Uh, uh, Dudley, dude, Harry's chores for a yeah. quick second. You know. Um, um, and it's just it's just you see them becoming more and more manic until they. You know, even Dudley's yeah. like, Daddy's lost his mind, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they have. There's this happened. thing that they hate is invading their lives and they can't escape. Mm-hmm. And the letters are coming from everywhere. Which, which really surprised me because I thought they would want to get rid of Harry. You think they would, right? But yeah. I feel like at this point, it was like a point of pride. Like it was their fault that they couldn't stamp, like stomp the magic out of him or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was still there. Their relative. I mean, yeah, they pretty much put him into indentured servitude, but... I wouldn't count any kind of, like, family loyalty. I think it's more like because (laughs) they couldn't... They didn't want him to have anything good, and they knew that he would love the magic. Yeah. Right? Because Petunia's sister, Lily, loved magic. And there was that kind of jealousy between Petunia and her sister, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they just wanted him to avoid that world, and they wanted no part in it. Um, and it became more of a pride thing to yeah. keep him out of it than to just let him go into this world that would have respected him way more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What I appreciate that the movie did was they they showcased kind of the invasion of all these letters mm-hmm. and then going to the shack. You know, it's like, okay, we know they just jumped. Right. Um, which I felt was fine. 
I do too. I feel like they, and it works for the book because it takes up the whole chapter, yeah. seeing them spiral. But in the movie, it's like that would just be so monotonous yeah, to constantly like, okay, see yeah. the way they tried to avoid the letters and then the letters come mm-hmm. anyway. You know, yeah, it, it was um, still very amusing. It was there. very amusing the way that in the movie it happened yeah. versus uh, reading about it in the books yeah. because it made more sense to go into that depth. But the movie, they just kind of cut through the mud and yeah. that's the main point, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then um, uh, what I was most excited about um, I, I didn't tell you this because I just wanted to I wanted to say it on here. But what I was most excited about is the first introduction of Hagrid because I remember reading that for the first time. Yeah. When I was like in the second grade, you know, just everything turned for me. You mm-hmm. know, it was like, okay, what's going on now? <laughs> like, right. I have I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Um. So with this gigantic, humongous beast of a man. Just politely putting back on a door and making us a cup of tea and right. just said, oh, I'm sorry about all that. You know, it was just, it was amusing and surprising for me as a child. So uh, reading that again, it really felt, you know, very warm. Mm-hmm. It was, it was the first point in the book where you realize like, oh, this is different. Yeah. Like this isn't going to be what we expect it to be because yeah. before this, there hadn't really been a book like Harry Potter, you know? Yeah. It was, um. Harry Potter is its own, very much own thing. Before, beforehand, there were smaller like things. Magic you know? books. Yeah, there was Lord of the Rings and mm. um, Pathfinder books and all that stuff. But when Harry Potter came out for a younger generation, it was, it, it essentially became. Um, our generation Star Wars, basically. Essentially. And that's a whole other podcast for another time. Right. I, right. I, I could go off on rants about that. We might. Maybe one day. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be. But anyways, going back to um, going back to chapter three and four, you know, me reading about Hagrid, uh, just, it was really exciting for me mm-hmm. to get to Hagrid and, you know, finally him giving Harry the letters, standing up to the Dursleys, um, you know, bending uh, uh, Uncle Vernon's shotgun. I know. The coolest display, the biggest power yeah. move ever. <laughs> just bending it and then yeah. giving uh, Dudley a pigtail. I know. That yeah. was that was good. That, that, the it, most like yeah. the best sense of like righteousness yeah. came from that moment when he did that. Yeah, because we all have those people. You know, when we were little, we all we all had that like person that we were like, oh, I want to give you a pigtail to punish yeah. you for being rude and eating my cake. Essentially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe not exactly yeah. those words, but we all had yeah. the same sentiment. We, we wanted, or, or someone like Hagrid to come into our lives and, you know, whisk us off into what is essentially this amazing adventure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so again, rereading that reminded me, brought me back to those memories of, man, that's what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Hop onto a flying broomstick and uh, head out. Right. And I I just, I think my favorite thing was just the transition from chapter three to four. We have mm-hmm. Harry, who's just hopeless at yeah. this point. He's in this stinky, tiny, smelly little shack on the middle of the ocean. He's on, freezing. On his birthday. On Mine. his birthday. Yeah. No, no, no. He's not, uh, it's not his birthday yet. Oh, that's right. No. So he's he's counting down to yeah. his birthday, and as he's hitting like the last few seconds, he hears this gigantic boom on the door, and yeah. that's Hagrid's entrance. Yeah. So I love it because of the symbolism there, because Hagrid was the one to rescue him from yeah. the house that Voldemort yeah. destroyed, and now Hagrid is the one to rescue him on his eleventh birthday from this rundown shack. Yeah, this, with him sleeping on the floor. Exactly, this terrible family, and it's just great. It's a yeah. good parallel. It's yeah. a great parallel, especially because we had just seen Hagrid. Yeah. So seeing him come back and 
seeing Harry meet him for what is essentially the first time yeah. is is fantastic. Yeah, and you know, going back to that whole him being on the floor on his birthday thing, mm-hmm. um, what I do want to say, the book described it well, you know, him drawing the cake and then blowing out the candles, but I really loved how the movie portrayed it a lot with the music and everything, because when I read it in the book, it was just another bad thing that Harry had to deal with. But seeing in the movie, it was like, this is essentially his lowest point of his life so far that mm-hmm. he remembers. Exactly. So I put the remembers there because obviously the lowest point was, you know, when Voldemort kills his parents. I know, yeah, <laughs> trying to kill him. That's obviously yeah. a really low point. Right. But, but the, uh, from his recent memories, this is his lowest point. And, you know, the music kind of being all somber and just seeing him it wasn't even dirt it was just dust yeah the cake cake, and the dust yeah and then blowing out and telling himself happy birthday harry and Mm -hmm. then harry booming through the door Mm -hmm. that was for me i was cheering yeah Yeah. the best uh the best birthday gift he could have gotten exactly but I, I really, what I really liked in the books that they didn't put in the movie was Hagrid really like let the Dursleys have it yeah. for a long time. Like mm-hmm. he scolded the Dursleys. Yeah. He was angry at them. Yeah. And, and that's the one of the things I, the one of the things I'm not a big fan of in the movies is uh, Hagrid doesn't have the personality that he does in the books. Right. You know, like, ha- and you probably, you wouldn't know this because I don't know. you haven't I was like, read oh, the books. Really? <laughs> yeah. You'll see this as we go because just in the first chapter, the what, chapter four alone, the first chapter that we really get with more of Hagrid Um, he has so many more emotions and he's angry and he's like angry on Harry's behalf and they did that in the movie but Hagrid to me in the movies was always much more of like not quite a punchline but just almost like a a plot device like something that they use to move the story along you know Right. And so it's really great to kind of go back through and once again, like read through these characters that I forgot and had so much more to them than what could be portrayed on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, how you thought I, compared I, to Hagrid to the book and the Hagrid to the movie. I, I, I'm going to have to read more of the books because right now I'm just mm-hmm. basing it off all on the movies. I know. And I'm like, oh, they got Hagrid, right? Yeah. W- one thing I did like that they didn't include in the movies was, well, they did include it in the movies, but. The kind of the confrontation Hagrid had with the Dursleys mm-hmm. led to Hagrid revealing Voldemort and what happened that night and why he's so famous. Um, in the movies, they did that after he was kind of shopping, so away from everyone. You know, it was just that right. conversation between him and Harry, mm-hmm. or Harry and Hagrid. And in the book, it was like, oh, how dare you? You know, Hagrid's mm-hmm. yelling at them like, and Harry, guess what? You're super popular. <laughs> I know. Guess yeah. what? You're famous. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and so I really appreciated that they kind of separated that from those two kind of scenes because it's it, it was one thing from whisking harry away and letting him know hey, yeah your parents didn't die in a car crash your parents were killed mm-hmm. um to another like hey hagrid why does everyone know me right like okay so here's what happened see you know? i kind of like it better with him saying it all in the hut because we get all yeah. that information right at the beginning and then the right. mo- like a lot of people going into the movie they already do yeah. like the whole backstory they knew what was going to happen mm-hmm. but like reading it in the books, I feel like having more of an impact because you still have the conflict with the Dursleys. There. Right, and I, I think that's why I personally liked that it was separate because it it felt to me like Hagrid was saying it to spite the Dursleys. But in the movie, Hagrid was telling Harry because you know this is your story, mm-hmm. and people are going to let you know, and so you know I'm going to be the kind person and tell you what happened. 
Right. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah. And I mean, I thought that was also a good scene, yeah. but for me, I think it, I, I think reading it and yeah. the sad conflict and seeing the Dursleys finally get yelled at and, you know, get yeah. punished in a way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they still got punished. They did. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Everyone in the, co- everyone in the comments down below, I want you to talk about this because to me, this is the funniest thing. One of the biggest lines in the Harry Potter franchise, one that everyone knows is, you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. Right? Because that's how it's said in the movies. In the books, the actual line is, I go boil the heads the both of you, said Hagrid. Harry, you're a wizard. Oh, yeah. It's much more just like, Harry, you're a wizard. Get over it. Come yeah. on. Get with the program here. Right. And uh, in the in the movie, it's just like this big, dramatic scene. Build up, yeah. And then Harry's like, oh, my God, my life is forever changed. <laughs> um... Yeah, and it was just uh, that was so I, funny because I could I forgot I thought yeah. I just assumed it was you're a wizard Harry not yeah. Harry you're a wizard like at the end of a sentence it wasn't even like the, it was just this throwaway line that I, was in the books that became like this I, iconic script and the yeah. iconic one of the most like iconic things about the Harry Potter franchise yeah. is you're that a, line like, you're a wizard Harry <laughs> yeah. yeah and. Yeah. So I just thought it was hilarious that that line isn't even in the books. Yeah, I, you weren't around when I read that, but I actually laughed out loud when I said that because like, I thought he was about to say, oh, shut up, Harry, you're a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, like, what do you mean, shut up? It's, you're a wizard. You do magic. I know. Just get over it. Get with the program. Can we get on with this? Like, what do yeah. you think? You know? Yeah. So Super I really, sass. So sassy. I love sassy Hagrid. That mm-hmm. was my favorite. Um, uh, yeah. So it's just, a, there's a lot in chapter four that, that made it my favorite when I first read it. Right. Uh, you know, the introduction of Hagrid, Hagrid's sassiness, Dursley's finally getting their comeuppance, Harry realizing he's a wizard and a popular one and all that mm. stuff. Um, he realizes so, he has a way out. Yeah. yeah. Not just a way out, but like this isn't his life, actually. Mm-hmm. This was just a placeholder for him, um, for safety. And so just reading it again, you know, brought back all that nostalgia about about reading it for the first time. and. It's it's really exciting. I really recommend this to people to stop reading the Harry Potter series like once a year. Mm-hmm. Give yourself eighteen years and <laughs> reread them again and realize what you forgot. Okay, maybe not quite that long. Maybe not that long, but like you know, give yourself like a a year or so and then read it again because you really do get that nostalgia. Yeah, you do, and you get to see so many things that you've forgotten and all yeah. the details and. For me, I, I don't, I don't read it as you know the movies took out so much from the books, but mm-hmm. rather the movie streamlined. Stre- not not just streamlined the books, but um, the book has a little more to give mm-hmm. to you. It's because, a, it has more of an experience. Yeah, it, it's rewarding you for your patience of reading. Right. You know, which I feel like book and movie adaptation should happen you know you shouldn't see a movie and feel like oh they took so much out of the book it's practically hollow but rather oh the book is rewarding me for reading Mm -hmm. and the book and the movie is giving me the visuals of what i want yeah going back and reading through the chapters after not having read them in such a long time is definitely one of the more rewarding experiences yeah personally i also i think chapter four was just iconic and just like all these little nuggets of like sass and like personality that i've forgotten (laughs) happened really yeah um, like, for example, I forgot that Harry had asked Hagrid, why were you expelled? And Hagrid was like, it's getting late. We have a lot to do tomorrow. <laughs> That's you know? for the second book. <laughs> I know. And then just kind of, uh, and just kind of like totally steamrolled Harry. So yeah. I just, I love seeing all the personality again in the characters because I feel like the movie did such a great job 
but we lose so much of their personalities and all these little moments that we get. So I'm really excited to continue and see what happens and what your thoughts are in chapters five and six and see what I can remember and just like get more into that nostalgia feeling. I love shopping. So reading about uh, Harry shopping for magical items. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. So exciting. And then, uh, yeah. All right. So that concludes this episode of Cunning and Loyalty. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Podbean. We are actually going to be taking a break and not uploading on the Monday of next week um, just because of the holidays that are happening um, next week. So we will be uploading an episode on Friday instead. So we will still have like a weekly episode up, but it will just be on a different day. If you want to see more of Christian, you can follow him on Twitter at PacifistPickle. And if you want to see more of me i have a youtube channel where i talk about all things bookish youtube.com slash c slash frumious so if you are interested in seeing more of the bookish things that i talk about then make sure you go and check out my channel there or you can also follow me on twitter or instagram at frumious reads make sure you check out our instagram for the podcast cunning loyalty happy holidays happy holidays merry christmas we hope you guys have fun celebrating and enjoy the holiday season and if you aren't celebrating this holiday season then we hope you have a general a great week in general um, (laughs) and a good good ending to the year. But that is all that we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you later. All right. All right. Bye. Adios.